film? Does <laughs> <laughs> that do the introduction? Yes, yeah, please. Yes, like please. Yeah, yeah. Hey, folks, I'm sitting here on Darling Harbour in Sydney, Australia. It's. Does it matter what time? The date? Sunny? Uh, the date? It's a beautiful sunny day, Sydney, and I'm joined by Professor Brett Mitchell and birthday boy, oh, Professor oh, Martin Keenan. Thank you so much. And I must say we're into day one of the ASICSI conference in Sydney and possibly the most discussed topic today has been Martin's birthday but I know he wants to move on from that. I really but, do. Um, good to see you Martin and welcome to Sydney. Yeah, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be here, especially amongst friends, yes. wherever they are, clearly not present company. <laughs> and it's good to have a bit of background noise with the uh, people chatting away at the social function. And That's yeah. a real life situation. situation. Yeah. yeah, Great turnout, great program, nice event. Mm. Now one thing I wanted to bring up, Brett did an interesting session today where he asked the audience to pick their priorities for the next, was it year or so? Yeah, next year. Okay. Yeah. And you gave them how many was it? I gave them ten responses. Ten responses, okay. And the usual suspects picked up quite highly, but... The two most prevalent healthcare-associated infections, <laughs> which is healthcare-associated pneumonia, which we talked about, and Corti, which we talked about, featured on nobody's priority list. There's like mm. one and two percent. Yeah. So I asked you the question, why do you think that is? And you mm. gave the answer of. I gave the answer. So there was ten. There were ten responses. Yeah. And I don't think anyone chose. UTI as their priority to try and reduce and that, yeah, I think you're right, pneumonia was like 1% yeah. and, and I think, I've heard I couldn't see it when I was on the screen but I think it was about 200 odd responses yeah. so um, the response that I gave was that I think that surveillance for these infections is too hard and therefore people aren't capable in the context of resource limitation, not capable in the context of Capability, yeah. but in terms of capacity, it's probably a better word. Capacity to undertake surveillance for these things that they are, yeah, it's just not, this can't be done. And so, if you're not going to do surveillance on these things, then interventions are difficult to justify because you can't evaluate them. Um, so, I think that's kind of the response. Yeah. The thing is, though, we, we know the evaluation, we know the interventions, and we know people aren't doing yeah. them. But so I, th- I think that's a bit of a cop-out. Well, I, actually, I think they're invisible. I don't think yeah. we're seeing them because no, well, we're not doing the surveillance on them. No, but uh, I mean, you see the big, dirty surgical wound infections. You see the big crashes mm-hmm. with, you know, septicemia and bloodstream infections. But maybe you don't see that with the HAPs we have, and, the, and the UTIs. But we have on as a as a source. Yeah, as yeah, a, you know, as a cause. But the prevalent studies. The prevalent studies. Yeah, the prevalent studies. Yeah, in the UK and Europe. It's for only years, you guys. Same, every single it's one. It's only you guys who are interested in prevalent studies. <laughs> but they help though, don't they? They give you an indication of what's going on. So every prevalence study says that HAP is the biggest one, followed yeah. by Corti. Yeah. And I love that meme you put up of somebody opening the door, seeing flames, and shutting the door again yeah. immediately, because then you can ignore it. So I think the fact that we can't do surveillance easily, do we need to do the surveillance easily? Because actually we know what the interventions are, which is for HAP, get people moving and clean their teeth. And... For Corti, you've done, or somebody did a very nice randomised controlled trial on something you could use for Corti yeah. prevention, and yeah. yet we're not doing anything about it. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, can we not use some proxy like antibodies used for HAP or you know, number of antibodies yeah. used for Corti they, they must you know, be as, as a proxy yeah. that should give you some idea? Because <coughs> Helen uh, Heather did a very nice talk afterwards talking about how um, 
you know, we use evidence when creating a guideline. And she says, actually, we've got to move away from just using RCTs to good enough. Yeah. Look, I mean, I made that, I made that point in the talk too. I think we've always, I think for me, just on that point about RCTs, we should always aim for an RCT. And the question is, why can't we do an RCT? It should be the first question we always ask, right? Yeah. And there's plenty of reasons why we can't, and that's fine. Yeah. But we shouldn't be going, let's do this as the answer to the question when it doesn't answer the question properly. No. The first question we get asked is, can we do an RCT? And if we can't, that's fine. Let's just do, let's do the other types of studies. Um, now, and I did, I did think after I responded to the question about why we're we not doing them, um, I thought it would have been good to probably talk more a little bit about we do know what works for HAP generally yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah in the case of Cowdy we could use something called chlorhexidine mm-hmm. um, that um, has been shown to reduce the risk of Cowdy's and that it is cost saving to do that um, acknowledging there's a risk benefit as, you know, approach with, with, with chlorhexidine as there is with any other yeah. um, intervention um, but the other point I made, though, in answering that question, though, is I did say that we probably have to get over ourselves a little bit and just accept that we might have something that monitors these things and it's not going to be 100% sensitive. <coughs> we might just accept something that's 70%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, let's not argue about it. Let's just yeah, do it. That's because that's what we've got available. As yeah. long as we know what the error margin is, yeah. then yeah. that's fine. And yeah. it stays constant over time. With that. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. I, I think of a rule of thumb is actually, would you want that yourself? Yeah. Because I can remember going to a consensus meeting it was, it was about antimicrobial sutures, and all of the microbiologists there were going, "Yeah, well, you know, it looks interesting, but the data is, you know, it's not quite, not mm. quite there. So we don't think we could quite put it on the guideline. The studies aren't good enough." So I said, to "All of them, if you have in surgery, would you want these?" Every single one went, "Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. right." right. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. how? Why would you deny somebody else something you would want for yourself? So, yeah. uh, so that, totally so that, that I'm, I'm sort of feeling with that. But you, going, going back to the point on RCTs, I did actually try and ask a second question, but there are other questions, which is, we aren't going to get the money. Hello, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting bombed here. We're getting bombed. Here comes the rabbit. We're getting bombed in the middle of a podcast. So really interrupted. I was going to ask another question in that session, which is, okay, we need the RCTs. We get that to really answer the question. We can't get the money. You got very close to getting a really good study on HAP funded, yeah, and it failed. So how do we get the money to do the RCTs? Well, that's like you know, that's the question that you have. Because no one wants to fund IPC research. I mean, you managed to get. Yeah, you managed. Well, you know, I think we've we've got a example in point here. Brett's Brett's just uh, sometimes has got funding. I think we've got three or four OCTs that you do. But I think there's also different ways to look at it. I was talking to someone earlier in the conference, and and, um, we've got existing processes like the ANZIX database. It's about Australian New Zealand Intensive Care um, Society. I haven't offended anyone getting the acronym wrong. But um, they've got a database. It collects all this wonderful information about RCU and ICU outcomes, right? And it's been going for some time. If we had in that collection one or two IPC-related questions, yeah. we could actually probably answer a whole bunch of other things. Maybe not in an RCT way, but in good quasi-experimental-related stuff. It's funny to let you know that the building will be closing up in about five to ten minutes. Okay. No worries. Thank you. Thank you.
So I think we can get better. That's another outtake. <laughs> no, leave it. <laughs> Last rings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I need to stress that it's like quarter past six in the afternoon, not 11 o'clock at night. It's not chucking yes, out yes, time in the bar. Right. Not chucking out time in the bar. But I think we can get better at collaborating and using existing processes to answer some questions. It doesn't have to always be RCT. That's a really so. good point. So how do we find out what studies are ongoing? So you might be able to say, actually, yeah. can we drop this question in? Because you're already collecting the data. And so I think we've got to get better at talking to uh, different different groups, different organisations yeah. to, to do these things. And when there's, a, when there's a therapeutic trial going on testing A antibiotic against B antibiotic, there could be an infection control question we could throw in there mm. as well. So I think that's the opportunity that we could have um, when we're thinking more broadly about grants where mm. actually it can be more of a collaborative... Um, uh, yeah, may I answer a question through another grant? Yeah. The system's not really set up for it though, is it? It's, it's too competitive, it's all... Yeah. Us against them to get the grant money. I'm not going to tell them what I'm up to. It's, mm. you know, it's, it's, mm. It needs a really big picture rethink. I think restructure. We came back to some time ago. You were talking about what would you want as a, as a patient. If someone said to me, "Would you want clohexidine if you're getting inserted catheter on you?" I'd say yes, please. And we we asked um, some nurses in a, in a piece of research about would you go to the room if you knew the last person yeah. had an MRO and no one wants to. No, mm. I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> it says something, doesn't it? Uh, so, it does, yeah. um, you know, but we're, but so, so, yeah, I, I think we do need to look at how we interpret some of these things and we're not always going to have RCTs to answer the question. Phil, did you have any comment on Brett's session? I mean, his comment on experts seems to have drawn yeah, a bit which, of discussion which, amongst people. Which surprises me a little bit. I mean, it's just a word, um, and I think you made reference to the fact, Brett, that we're a little bit, it's been overused um, the past couple of years, and we all make a little bit of humour about everybody's an expert in fetch control these days. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what an expert really means, I guess, but... Um, I have skills in areas and I have experience in areas. Mm. I, I was once you know. told by an eminent professor that an expert was someone who had slides and was prepared to travel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would make you a... <laughs> well, no, 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 that definitely... No. Okay. But these days it's like I have a USB stick. No, I think, look, I think my point that I was trying to... And I'm glad it has come up because it's a, I think it's a discussion you have to have. I think the term... And I did say this in the, in the talk, that expert is used a lot and I think the public are over that so there's yes. a public perception yeah. issue with calling whatever and I'm talking this about ICPs any discipline if someone says we've got to ask an expert about water about this um, I think there's a, there's a real public oh here we go there's another expert but um, if you look at other dis- disciplines and make up a discipline like a water expert it doesn't mean you can comment on anything from the rain <laughs> to sewerage yeah. to what you drink yeah. right? um, or the guttering that might involve rain mm-hmm. or water so I don't think it's too dissimilar in any discipline where we use a broad term of expert, it comes with challenges because you can't be across everything. Most people, there will be some exceptions to that. So I think, um, you know, there are lots of people in our discipline who would be absolute specialists in areas and some of them might be specialists in multiple areas. Of mm. But when we just use a broad term, I think it's problematic. Yeah. Apart from, I mean, although I go back to when I was a kid, we were still finding 
leftover devices from the war, mm. and the news had always come on the news, and that unexploded devices being found. They've, they've sent bomb disposal experts, and you think, who the hell else are they going to send? Yeah. Bomb disposal <laughs> amateurs? You know, people who have yeah. watched a yeah. YouTube Just video have a go? Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's really not going to work. Okay. Now, I think we're going to get kicked out of this conference area, because <clears throat> yeah, they're shutting yeah. up shop for the day. They are. Um, so we've got security coming towards us. Yep. I think we might need to hop We're going to wind up. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll catch you all again on another episode. Good Maybe to see you. Yeah. Great. Thank you, my boys.